0: Back to her here, uh, we've got another super exciting broadcast uh, today. We're uh, coming here with Assistant Parks and Recreation Director, Margaret Brosco. She's over the Revenue Division. There's a lot of things that are under her purview. swimming pools, golf courses, Uroquois Amphitheater, um, all of our rentals. But anyway, it's, it's a big job and there's a lot of stuff that is entailed with it. So welcome, Margaret. Thank you for coming on. Well, really appreciate being here. Um, the first thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit, and really, this is the main topic of conversation because there's a lot to know and think about over the past year and even when we're coming ahead. Um, the COVID crisis, again, began hitting us in early March, um, and then we began closing down amenities to keep our employees and the public safe. Um, I just was thinking back a little bit, and maybe you can uh, describe to us some of the challenges that the department has had since March, looking back. Um, what are some things that we've had to contend with?
1: Absolutely, John. I think you and I are on the same page. When we think about our jobs and describe our jobs to other people, we say we're in the fun business, right? Yes. Parks All is right. so much fun. And really, our responsibility is make sure people are having fun. So mm-hmm. when COVID hit and we heard from the health experts about some recommendations that needed to be made, and those recommendations included closing down our playgrounds, and our basketball courts, and our community centers, it sent a shockwave over all of us because that's what people use to have fun. So our immediate reaction was, whoa, just like everybody else, okay, what are we going to do to make sure that we're still able to provide smiles? To people who utilize our parks in a an day and age when this is just completely, everybody uses the word unprecedented, but that's what it is. I mean, if if you would have told anybody a couple of years ago, "Hey, you're going to have to close your playgrounds down," I would be like, "No, we're in the fun department. That's anti-fun." So, right. it's uh, how do you go from one extreme to another? Time uh, kind of keep everybody motivated and positive and not just people who are utilizing the services but our mm-hmm. staff that's really come to rely on loving their jobs because they get to see enjoyment from other people so we're in the yes business let's say yes as much as we can and then all of a sudden it was like whoa you know slam on the brakes and and, and, you know- and tell everybody they can't do things so it was uh you know you you lived through it along with all of us it was uh it was right. it was quite a change
0: you know did our staff is no different. You know, we had to learn things on the fly terms, like, social distancing. Using hand sanitizer, being safe, um, you know, you can go around our centers or the places that are open our facilities that are open. And see the tapes that are encouraging people to be safe. Um, how would you rate the way that our staff handled things? Um, when we have had to make so many adjustments, like you mentioned on the fly, and is there maybe an example of a real success story you think uh, that has come from this?
1: I I will say that everybody has exceeded expectations. Um, And when you think about it in in any walk of life, whether you're managing people or you come to work every day, when you think about the cards that are dealt to you, sometimes you're like, wow, how are we going to get through this? This is pretty, pretty intense. Um, The thing that just gave me away was um, the positive, upbeat nature and willingness for everybody to help. And I think that that is just amazing. And so a couple of of small examples um, that you could have was uh, when we went through the first phase, really closing down almost everything across the board. Um, There were be really, if you think about it, um, our operations folks uh, were still cutting the grass and and cleaning up the trash. And then golf, our golf courses remained open. Uh, Pretty much everything else wasn't open. But to see people who were working at facilities um, that were no longer providing services, like our community centers, our aquatics department, our athletics department, their willingness to say, hey, how can I help? Um, oh, golf courses are still open, great, sign me up. What is it that I can do to help out there? And then just everybody working behind the scenes of, okay, what can we do to make sure that people are gonna remain safe in our communities and utilizing our services and that's been really cool and then once things started opening um and like get online and order like our aquatics team they ordered special social distancing signs that they found oh, on cool. to, that were just really fun and so mm-hmm. that when people were able to come back and start utilizing things it wasn't a harsh stay six feet away or else you know right. it was more of like a fun upbeat um really really engaging way to remind people to, to to keep social distance um but also welcoming them back with a with a fun flair and you know at the end of the day john our number one priority across the board is to keep people safe number one to keep our team safe and then once we're safe then we feel like we're able to welcome people back in and keep them safe as well so uh it kind of goes hand in hand but when we got buy-in from our team right out of the gate i was like this is going to be it's going to be awesome
0: that's great um you know i think that uh people uh they'll they'll take a look on our website bestparksever.com by the way um and they may see some of the covid uh, protocols that we put into place i know you're constantly in touch with the health department can you possibly uh describe for us people who may not know um sort of the process that goes into making these decisions on whether these things are open or closed. You know, we get a lot of questions about why are playgrounds closed? Why are park loop roads closed? You know, but why are, you mentioned golf courses, why did they remain open? Um, I know we get guidance from the the health department, but could you maybe describe about how that works uh, to to people who may be listening?
1: Sure, absolutely. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, the, the, the one thing that we have to remember is this is extremely serious. And when you're talking about people's health, and not only their health, but life and death. Um, You really have to take it seriously. The difficult part about it is that this virus that we're facing right now is new. And so we're still learning each and every day. So the great thing about Louisville Metro and the city in general is that our health experts um, meet with our leadership teams in different departments across the board on a regular basis. Uh, so before, when this first started, it was almost daily. Uh, now it's weekly. And so we continue to get updates on, okay, what's going on with this? And how can we control the spread? And it is, uh, what are the numbers? How are people getting in- infected? What are some things that we could do to reduce that likelihood? And then as we learn more, we continue to evolve. Um, So, you know, it was a situation where um, the social distance was important, making sure people outside were important, um, touch points and cleaning touch points was essential. Um, then, you know, when there's, you know, additional information about being inside and not having good air circulation, you know, that that could increase your risk. Then we continued to evolve and make changes again, um, to make sure that people stay safe. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating for me. It's frustrating for our team. Well, why were we doing this one day and now we're doing this the next day? It's the more information that we learn and the more opportunity that we have to keep everybody safe and healthy. We're going to do everything that we can, because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that everybody's going to be able to get back into action sooner rather than later. So um, if we can make some small adjustments along the way, then that's exactly what we're going to do. Golf is a perfect example, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, golf... Um, Out of the gate, it was single cart riders only. Then we were able to put up barriers in the cart so that people were able to distance themselves and we were able to have two Two uh, people in. Um, then there were no no f- no flags at all. You couldn't you you, you couldn't even uh, right. hit the ball in the hole. And then we we're like, oh, we can elevate this with a swimming tube, and and so people can get out there and do that. So it's just continually thinking outside of the box um, to do what we can to keep people safe, but uh, more pe- importantly to keep people's minds um, fresh and and healthy and upbeat. So we're doing what we can each day.
0: One thing that I know about Margaret, I've worked around Margaret for, I believe, somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 or 13 years, something like that. Um, she's always challenging us to look ahead. Uh, you know, Setting goals and, and doing things of that nature to make sure that we're trying to make our department as good as it can be. Um, I'm going to ask you to put uh, your Crescent hat and your crystal ball on, Margaret, even though this situation is evolving and it's still a lot is unknown about it. Um, what do you think is going to happen over the next year in uh, when might we see if at all some of these um things you mentioned playgrounds and basketball courts and community centers when might they reopen or do we not know the answer to that yet
1: let me ask my crystal ball <laughs> no that <laughs> we don't uh we really don't know what um at the beginning of november we know that uh for example within a, a two-week period um really there's a lot of data points that that you look at of like okay when are we able to reopen? When are we able to get people to do a little bit more uh, than, they, than they had in, in the past? And they do that confirmed cases per 100,000. So if you just look at end of October, beginning of November, 2020, uh, it went from 25 positive cases per 100,000, which was in the red zone, to almost double that to close to 50. So when you think about, okay, are we going to have changes this winter? Probably not. That's just based on the, you know, the, and again, it's making sure that people stay safe. But then when is the vaccine going to come along? How quickly are people going to be able to get access to that vaccination? Um, Mm -hmm. That's the big question. But I think we can only control what we can control. And here's what we can control. We know that we are going to have to gain people's confidence about coming back and utilizing any service. Mm-hmm. So that's what we can control right now. So what can we do as a parks and recreation team to make sure that we're taking every step we possibly can so that when our community center is open, parents feel comfortable and confident dropping their because they know it's a completely different world. Even if we have a vaccination, people are still gonna be concerned out of the gate. Is it safe? Is mm-hmm. it okay? for my kid to go back to an indoor facility surrounded by other kids, is that going to be okay? So what do we do and what do we put in place to make sure that people feel calm? And that's everything from meal programs to summer camps for kids to outdoor facilities, outdoor recreational items. What can we do to make sure that people are comfortable and And I think that we're already taking those steps. So that once we start moving a little bit forward as far as providing more services, um, that we are able to relay to each and every user of our parks, hey, this is what we're doing, and we hope you feel comfortable and confident to come and participate in these
0: activities. Um, So anyway, I I appreciate that, and I I agree with everything you said. Of course, Um, I have one more question for you. People might not know that in in a former life. You are a sports broadcaster and journalist in Ohio, which is your home state. Uh, My uh, home state is Indiana. Uh, Our both of our adopted hometown is uh, Louisville, Kentucky, which is where we both work. So you're going to probably figure out the question I'm going to ask you. Um, November 21st, Indiana plays at Ohio State. Right now, as we sit here, it's November the 7th. uh, November the 5th, excuse me. Um, So it's 2 weeks from this Saturday. Who you got in that game up in Columbus, the Hoosiers or the Buckeyes?
1: Well, I'm totally a team of the Buckeyes, John. That was uh that was an <laughs> easy one. I know the Hoosiers are off to a, a great start, probably one of the best seasons ever, but I'm a through and through. I love Ohio State. We're just so well rounded on all sides. I mean, right I'm job. just killing you, John. I don't know. I'm super pumped and happy for you um that you guys are having a great season, but that ends.
0: On the on the yeah. 21st, the whole fact that I could even bring this up and not be embarrassed to talk about Indiana football playing at Ohio state. Like, we actually have a chance is really something. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, thanks Margaret for joining us. Um, we're, if, if you need to know more about our COVID protocols, visit bestparts.com. Uh, we have a bullet um, at the top of the page. that discusses COVID protocols. It'll explain what we have open and what's currently closed. So monitor that and then follow us on social media as well. Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Margaret, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you having You're us. Welcome. You You're welcome. You're welcome, uh, We'll be back with the question of the week in a moment. Okay, that was good. So, <laughs> I'm not going
2: to be able to keep a straight
0: face. <laughs> That's okay. So, anyway, we're here with Brooke Pardue. She's uh, and Sammy. Uh, Brooke is president CEO of the Louisville Parks Foundation, who brings you the uh, Jack Lantern Spectacular, which recently concluded in the upcoming Winter Woods. Uh, celebration in in Iroquois Park um, that it's upcoming after uh, Thanksgiving and running through the holiday. Um, Brooke, the question of the month that a lot of people had, including Sammy. Sammy has been asking about this a lot. Um, What kind of, how much work is done in between uh, the time the JLLS ends and then Winterwood starts? You're only basically two years into this, but what is going on at Iroquois Park right now?
2: Well, I will tell you that The production crew is hard at work starting the day that Jack-O-Lantern wrapped, uh, getting it set up for Winterwood Spectacular. Uh, this year, since we are going from one drive through to another drive through it's actually a little bit less work on, on the team. Uh, because they're taking down all the pumpkins and using that same palette to set up Winter Woods. Last year, our first year of Winter Woods Spectacular, they had to shut down the Jacqueline Spectacular Trail and then move to building Winter Woods. So um, there's a a little bit of a silver lining to some of this pandemic stuff, and in, in that they're. They're utilizing the same palette this year, but that doesn't mean that uh, they're not working super hard every day to get ready for November twenty seventh.
0: And you yeah. talked about this a little bit. How how did people adjust to the thought? You know that typically when people go through trail where there's, you know it's a third of a mile. It's low grade uh, trail, and it's it's become a tradition for a lot of people. How did people kind of transition into having Jack and be a drive through event this year instead of going on the trail? And how was the response?
2: Um, the response was overwhelming. Uh, we, uh, our capacity was obviously limited as a drive-through, but we sold out that last week we were sold out even on Monday and Tuesday night. Um, so, uh, the response was tremendous. I think, uh, Fell into two different camps. One were people that are looking forward to going back to a walkthrough, but just were thrilled that we didn't cancel the event entirely, so that they could um, they could go ahead and and celebrate together again the the Halloween season. Mm-hmm. Um, the other were were the folks that had never been able to come before, and uh, because they had mobility issues. And so it was really kind of nice to, once again, always looking for silver linings, right? It was really Mm -hmm. nice to to give them the opportunity to experience the show that they'd never been able to see before. So um, folks pretty much fell into the camp that we're we're glad we got to do it this year. Um, I would say the the majority were glad we got to do it this year as a drive-through, but can't wait to be able to walk through again.
0: So tell us a little bit about Winter Woods. I know people are very excited about that happening. You know, it's, it seems like once the Halloween decorations come down, uh, sometimes the Thanksgiving, limited Thanksgiving decor comes up, but if you're going into a, a retail establishment anywhere in the little area right now, you are seeing Christmas decorations, so people are getting into the spirit already. So what are people going to see this year? Um,
2: they are, for those that came last year, um it's going to be bigger and better than it was before. And uh, the, the fact that they were able to move the event, um, pivot the event in the same location has allowed the production company to kind of expand what they want For Winter Woods, right? Mm -hmm. They learned a lot doing Jack O' Lantern as a drive-through this year, and so they're building on uh, on what they learned in 2019. What they learned during Jack O' Lantern and Winter Woods Spectacular this year is going to absolutely be even better than it was before, and um, there you're going to see some things that have transitioned. Um, so a little sneak peek, the, the um, Scare B&B that was the very first skit during Jack-o'-lantern, that's going to be Santa's workshop. Oh, nice. And um, the castle is going to make a reappearance, um, but then all sorts of, of new items as well. So the uh, the church, the stained glass windows. That we had last year, they are back out again um, with different uh, patterns and designs and, and artistic elements to them. It's uh, it's it's gonna it's and I will also say that one of the things that we learned during Jack O' Lantern is um, how what a better experience it was with things moved closer to the road. Mm-hmm. And so Winter Woods this year is all kind of coming in a little bit and it's going to be uh, a lot closer and 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 more experiential as you as you go through.
0: Excellent. And how do we get tickets?
2: Uh, Winterwoods Spectacular dot or just Google Winter Woods Spectacular. Uh, the event this year runs from Friday, November 27th. That's the day after Thanksgiving through Saturday, January 2nd. So we've actually expanded by three days over last year, um, opening the day after Thanksgiving. And then because January 1st and 2nd this year fall on a Friday and Saturday, and we also saw so much momentum towards the end of the show for jack-o'-lantern, we thought we wanted to give folks that extra opportunity to come that last Friday and Saturday night.
0: Thanks, Brooke, and do not forget if you attend Winter Woods, just like you did the Jack and Larry Spectacular, you are supporting Louisville's Parks and Recreation System. Um, This is the major fundraiser for the Louisville Parks Foundation. Thank you, Brooke, for joining us. I appreciate uh, you putting up with my dog for a few moments.
2: Um, (laughs) I love looking at your dog. (laughs) I'm a total dog person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brooke.
2: Okay. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. Bye.